0: What fraud trends can the financial industry expect to face in 2011? Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with Adam Dolby, who oversees online security and authentication solutions for Gemalto North America. Building on newly released results from Information Security Media Group's The Faces of Fraud Survey, Dolby shares his thoughts about surprising and not so surprising trends in financial fraud and investments banks and credit unions are expected to make in security solutions in the new year. Adam, you've reviewed some of the results from our fraud survey, and this one caught a number of the experts' eyes. Seventy-five percent of respondents say they learn about fraud from their customers or members. What does that tell us about fraud detection, and is the industry continuing to rely too heavily on customer and member notification?
1: Uh, thanks, Tracy. Um, I, I certainly thought that this particular question and, and the fact that it led off the study was very interesting for me. In I I would agree with really what your premise is in in the question itself in that if 75% of respondents are saying that they're learning about fraud from their customers, what it's really issuing is a bit of an indictment uh, on the industry as a whole and what measures of fraud detection and prevention are existing in the marketplace today. You could sort of equate this a bit to say, maybe the the CSI phenomenon, for those of you that watch the show, where we're seeing evidence of a dead body first and relying on people to report a crime rather than preventing the crime from happening in the first place.
0: Now, how much fraud do you think, Adam, is slipping through the cracks as a result of the way financial institutions are learning about fraud?
1: I, I think that's an excellent question and, and perhaps a bit of a scary one. Uh, knowing how well customers in general look at their statements and their banking activity i would i would suppose that quite a substantial amount of fraud is actually slipping through the cracks whether it's undetected or late detected or perhaps under detected uh... remains to be seen also of issue in here is not necessarily where fraud occurs but just where accounts have been taken over entirely and customers have no method for verifying what transactions have taken place i I think all of those factors here paint a bit of a grim picture on, on what the industry looks like uh, as a whole uh, with regard to fraud in Internet banking, but it also means that there's quite an opportunity to be able to act uh, on, on what the results of the study are.
0: Now, you also noted that you found it interesting that only 25% of the survey's respondents say that they discover fraud during audits. Why is that interesting, and what does it tell us about current fraud detection mechanisms or the lack thereof?
1: Yeah, I I found that number a a bit interesting, perhaps uh, maybe a bit differently in that I thought 25% was actually a bit high. If if we're actually discovering fraud one out of four times during an audit rather than a customer reporting it or any detection or prevention mechanism uh, addressing the issue, really one out of four are saying that there is fraud being detected during an audit, which is obviously occurring substantially after the fact. Money is actually moved out of an account. Uh, what's what's particularly troubling there is that no detection mechanism or the customer is finding it at that point. It's actually slipping through almost all of the cracks and being found sort of at the last possible moment uh, during an audit of, of either the account balancing or, or any other system uh, detection. So yes, I think it's good that it's being found that late, but I also think it's a bit troubling that fraud is actually being found that late, that it's been... Uh, past any of the initial detection systems, including uh, the eyes of the customer.
0: Now, ACH wire fraud is a growing problem. That's not a surprise. But banks and credit unions in the survey results say that they feel very unprepared to fight ACH and wire fraud.
1: Really, to date, there's been a a bit of hesitancy to move forward uh, with the real aggressive uh, fraud prevention measures rather than, than detection um, I would I would say the the challenge for the industry at this point is to move towards solutions and, and certainly specifically designed to address the the spectrum of money movement fraud whether it's ACH wire account to account transfers or any other type of money movement and really making sure that we're addressing all of those problems before it's possible for them to happen. Uh, I, I think the other challenge, quite frankly, has been that. There have been a number of other issues that have plagued the financial industry and and some of the uh, relative instability in that space over the last few years that, uh, from a simple perspective, people have had other things to worry about. But at this point, I think we really have to recognize that security is an ongoing battle. Uh, It's certainly one of those things that has become a part of the environment. It's a necessary part of delivering financial services online uh, that every bank should have a plan to address it and and staff to do so Uh, as an industry making sure that we're looking at and and making long-term investments that are aimed at stopping uh, uh, fraud as it can occur today but also as it can occur tomorrow and and the day after tomorrow and also what other uh, vectors that it can take whether it's you know starting as simple as phishing and moving to more advanced malware and key logging uh, and whatever else uh, can happen, uh, but also making sure that we're addressing the transaction set uh, that is seeing fraud both today uh, and tomorrow.
0: Now, you've noted, and this is something that we've discussed in the past, not something that's directly related to the survey results, but it does have a tether of sorts. You've noted that authentication is a problem, especially as it relates to ACH and batch transactions. One-time passwords have, in some ways, you've said, assisted fraudsters. Can you explain and tell us what you think institutions should be investing more in when it comes to ACH fraud prevention?
1: Yeah, sure. So I, I think one of the point of clarification is that uh, the, the initial investment in um, not necessarily just one-time passwords, but but one-time passwords, um, some very basic fraud analytics, have really created a bit of a greenfield opportunity for those folks that know how to execute a sophisticated technology-based attack on a financial institution, be that man in the middle or, or man in the browser. So with that sort of opportunity presenting itself to those folks that really know how to to execute that technology-based attack, what it means is they have an opportunity to sort of get by those uh, security measures as the earlier pieces of the study would indicate um, and and really go after the the money. Uh, What it requires is a bit of a shift in thinking from the part of, of both security companies as well as financial institutions. And then we have to look at how do we defend every type of transaction within the the banking infrastructure. The early emphasis, and rightfully so, was on protecting wire transfers because those are one to one movement of money and and payment options. But we've historically defended wire transfers very well. At a very basic level. I could pick up the phone and and call you and say, "Hey, Tracy, do you want to move money to uh, Francesca in Massachusetts?" and you would have the opportunity to say yes or no and approve that transaction but you can't do that for transaction batches in particular ACH where uh, you know if you think of uh, a large payroll being transmitted weekly perhaps it's not possible uh, or even even feasible to to go in and verify every transaction and the account holder information for everyone in that direct deposit file so that becomes the weakest link in the security chain and therefore the vector that we're seeing now, as most attacks are executed on financial institutions. What that means is we have to look at security solutions that are aimed at protecting large amounts of alphanumeric data, which the solutions that are currently in place, whether that's OTP or or fraud detection or prevention uh, mechanisms and analytics, those are not designed to protect those types of transactions. Really what it requires is a shift in thinking looking at more PKI-oriented technology, which is really designed at protecting massive amounts of information, but also alphanumeric information, so that it would protect both payee information, account number information, or anything else that's contained in a database, both in transit and at rest.
0: Now, going back to the survey results... One of the things that financial institutions noted in the responses that we received were that budgetary constraints and inadequate technology were listed as the most often to blame for lacking fraud detection. Are banks really strapped for fraud detection investments or are they just investing in the wrong types of solutions?
1: Yeah, I, I thought that that piece was, was very interesting as well, and, and I think it's probably a mix of the two. Uh, for me, I think fraud detection... Um, it, is a a bit of a misnomer because I think in order to to build your fraud detection solution, you have to at least see some instances of fraud to build your model off of, which in the banking industry, again, if you go back to sort of the the crime scene model, one body is is too much, uh, in my opinion. Just seeing any financial loss for any particular customer is a a potential PR nightmare, let alone the, the dollars that can be lost. So from that standpoint, I think, What's really happened is there's been a a bit of a tendency uh, where we saw the FFIEC guidance that came out uh, several years ago, and and really the line of thinking was more around compliance rather than looking at true security-based solutions and how we can actually prevent fraud from occurring in the first place. Solutions certainly exist. Uh, Really what it requires is a bit of a shift in thinking to accept the fact that security is a piece. of of the necessary puzzle to deliver online services, but also to have a bit of that forward-looking, forward-thinking of mentality that says, I need to invest in what amounts to an insurance policy for each customer that merits it and pick the level that is appropriate for those customers. Um, And I don't believe in a one-size-fits-all approach so that you would have a, a blend of security solutions for your customer base or even for particular users within any individual business customer, for example and move forward in a way that really treats security as as that necessary part of the puzzle as opposed to something we have to get done to get examiners uh, off our back. Um, I also think that there has been a number of solutions that were presented as uh, a way to get to compliance that really led people down a bit of the wrong path where uh, it almost created the illusion of security rather than delivering security solution. So some of the, the, the fraud solutions that have been deployed, I, I won't name any names, that we've seen out there really haven't done anything to mitigate the actual occurrence of fraud. But what they have done is is provided a, a bit of a false sense of security out there to customers. And and to me, that's almost even worse than no security at all, because when, when your security solution then is compromised, you have uh, quite a bit of shaken confidence uh, from your customer base. And 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 perhaps very difficult to get them back to a channel that they could abandon, uh, which has become certainly very essential for any bank in the business.
0: Now, I'm going to build on that just a little bit, talking about reputation loss and customer confidence. Forty percent of our surveys' respondents say that reputation loss and customer confidence were adverse side effects of fraud. What does that tell you about investments banks and credit unions should be making in fraud prevention? to not only cut their hard costs, but also their soft costs, which would be the customer and member losses.
1: And I think what it says is, again, uh, not to, to beat the same drum, that security is a necessary part of delivering online uh, banking solutions. If if you could say half of or, or even a third of your customer base is potentially at risk from a compromise, I think that's a huge number to have. Uh, vulnerable to uh, outside influences. So if, if one individual or, or a group of individuals has it in for, so to speak, any financial institution or just sees that bank as the weakest link in the security chain, that's a tremendous number of, of your base that you're going to have to not only spend money to try to keep there, but also any media uh, leaks or, or announcements that go out for uh, publicized attacks, at a time when customers are already looking for a reason uh, to to be aggravated with the financial industry, uh, it really creates a a potential point of compromise that's extremely dangerous um, for the industry as a whole, not even to say for one institution, but there's the the possibility that others in your peer group, if they're compromised, you can still have shaken shaken confidence in your own customer base because they're going to question the security measures their bank has in place. So so certainly, it's a, a very interesting and challenging time. Fortunately, there are security solutions that exist that can make it so that fraud is, is virtually impossible to occur. Um, it certainly requires some some investment from the financial perspective, but it also is, is a, a bit of a, a mind shift on the part of the customers that they need to be also willing to accept that hey for me to access my online banking it may be a bit different than I've, I've done in the past It may require me to carry a device so there's there's an educational campaign and aspect to this that has to occur as well but certainly the fact that you know as this says possibly 40 percent of respondents are saying loss of, of customer confidence and loss of the customer itself that's a huge number of, of people to be potentially vulnerable if your financial institution is attacked
0: Now, I'm going to go back to the customer education piece for just a moment. We talked about this earlier, and it's come up in in this last question here. But customer education, you know, even though it is effective, it can only go so far. Yet it seems that banks and credit unions say that education and awareness seem to be the best fraud prevention measures that they have in place. Why is technology not seen as a critical investment when it comes to fraud prevention? And do you see that as a US-centric perspective or is fraud prevention addressed or viewed in a similar way by financial institutions throughout the world?
1: I'm a a huge proponent of customer education um, and I think it's uh, going to be essential and even more so going forward that uh, customers are continually educated on what to look for whether it's uh, phishing emails or or not clicking on links, et cetera. And I think for for a proactive institution, I think it's an opportunity to position the bank as a resource uh, for that type of information, especially if they have a small business customer portfolio. Um, There's an opportunity to continue to educate them on protecting VPNs and firewalls and all of those things. Um, However, customer education can only do so much, as you say, and it's uh, it's a bit like expecting individuals to not have uh, and transmit the flu by telling them they need to wash their hands all the time. Well, certainly we do that, but we also have a flu vaccine, and really that's where where technology comes into play is we deliver sort of that vaccine and, and prevent against the, the the spread of of, of that infection. Um, I think it, it is certainly seems to be more of a U.S. centric mentality uh, where. Uh, outside of the U.S., you see very rapid expansion and adoption uh, of, of authentication solutions and stronger authentication solutions for customers, both at the corporate and at the retail level. Uh, at the retail level, it's almost unheard of uh, in the U.S. There are a few banks that have taken proactive measures, but, but they are very few and, and far between. Um, I think technology is seen a, a bit as too expensive, uh, perhaps a bit as too complex, Um, I think that's in large measure uh, a bit of a red herring. I I think if you really look under the covers of solutions like Gemalto has to offer, for example, they're very customer-friendly, and if you present them to a user in the correct manner, they'll be very accepting of those. I think when we've also seen technology presented out to customers, they're they're presented in a way that would would lead to some negative feedback for example though i've seen financial institutions that will say do you want to use this thing to connect to internet banking or nothing well human nature is going to say i don't want to carry anything else to do this if i can get away with it and and certainly if you present security in that manner um it's it's not received well but if you go to the same customer and say would you like to be able to access your bank securely and guarantee that no one can commit fraud on your account and not lose money, uh, that's a a much different presentation of of the technology. I would also uh, take it a a step further in that we have a set of of regulations called Reg E in the US where we have a a number of consumer protections that actually... uh, Dumb down a bit the level of sophistication on the part of the end user and their awareness of security because the bank is ultimately responsible for fraudulent uh, movement of money. And that's why you see a, a strong push on the corporate side, which is not covered by Reggie, for security solutions on the part of, or, or strong pull, I should say, on the part of the customer for security solutions in the U.S., whereas on the retail side, there aren't many security solutions deployed or, or any very many strong authentication solutions deployed in the retail side because those consumers are protected by Reg E. And, and really what we've done is, uh, is is said security is going to be the bank's concern and when you go to try to alter the user experience for those people that are protected uh, by that, that, that regulatory protection, they don't have to or, or have no incentive to adopt any additional measures and, and more protective measures for accessing their accounts. So there's a number of of forces at work in that. I I wish it was as simple to say that, you know, X equals Y, but it it really doesn't. There's certainly an environmental issue in the U.S. that's a bit unique, uh, and I do believe that education is is a good step and a necessary step, but really in terms of that actually fixing your problem or or helping um, fraud prevention, I think that that first question of 75% of respondents say they learn about fraud from their customers it's still troubling. It's it's clearly still happening and to expect your customer to prevent it is is a bit naive.
0: And finally, in closing, Adam, I'd just like to ask about where you see the industry heading over the course of the next year. You note that the industry overall is thirsty for knowledge and of course some of this also came up from the fraud survey results. They're looking for more fraud prevention and security tools. Why in your opinion is knowledge so lacking and what can the industry do in 2011 and beyond? to break this cycle?
1: Yeah, I, I certainly think um, that it's it's a bit incumbent on, on providers to make sure that we're doing our best to educate folks, and, and whether it's conducting a podcast like this or, or, or webinars, et cetera. Um, and, and that's really our responsibility to educate, uh, not to, to, to simply go out and, and promote product, but really to educate on the threats that exist uh, and, and and talk to customers about um what challenges there are and how they can can be addressed. Um, I do think we'll see better responsiveness from the industry in, in 2011, if only because the industry continues to settle uh, w- with, a, with a bit of uh, consolidation here and there. But really, the, the uncertainty has passed for a lot of folks, and they can start to really focus instead of worrying about if they have a job, uh, worry about doing their job or, or their new job, as it may uh, I also think there's uh, certainly a, a growing awareness. Uh, I've seen it all the way up to the board level, where they understand: look, there are there are clearly risks involved uh, on the internet and, and doing business on the internet. We have to make sure we're protecting customers in the appropriate manner. Uh, I also think it's 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 been a, a bit of a struggle uh, to to really bring some of the foreign influence where we've seen banks adopt strong authentication for 10, sometimes 15 years and show and get responsiveness in the US for what's happened environmentally overseas and show that customers will adopt this technology and use this technology and actually do more transactions online if they do it. Uh, that mentality has changed. Uh, having been in the industry for, for eight or so years now, I know when I first started doing this if you talked about a bank in the Netherlands that was using strong authentication, banks in the U.S. said, "What does that have to do with me?" Not even considering that it's it's just one internet. Uh, but really now you see that awareness of, of looking overseas to see how they've they've deployed and used that technology and actually refined it to the point where it's it's very easy for customers to use uh, now, and we can bring that expertise into the U.S. So I, I do think 2011 will be a, a strong, much stronger year uh, in the authentication space. I think it's important uh, to sort of learn lessons uh, from around the world uh, and deploy. I also think uh, we'll see a, a bit of a rise uh, in, in the, the traditional Internet technology, perhaps some newer functionality out to the retail base if we can make sure we protect it the, the right way.
0: I want to thank you for your time today, Adam.
1: You're certainly welcome, Tracy, anytime.
0: Again, we've just heard from Adam Dolby of Jamalto North America. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.